All right, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Come on, y'all give our online audience a hand clap as they, come on, that was weak. Can you give our online audience a hand clap as they join us this morning. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in with us today. And uh, man, we're excited for you guys to be with us today in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen, Amen man. We, uh, this is communion Sunday, so we just had a time of communion and just remembrance of what the Lord has done. And it's always a great day. Every day is a great day just to remember and be thankful for all that God has done for us. Just to wake up in the morning is a blessing, y'all. And that we just thank you. For, Lord, thank you for letting me arise this morning. But I'm excited to be uh, in the house of God with you this morning. And we are in week two of our sermon series entitled, I Exist Too. Y'all say, I exist too. And last week, we talked about um, I exist to expose. I exist to expose. And all we talked about last week was God created us to expose the insecurities in our lives. And if you don't deal with the insecurities in your lives, they will always trip you up. But a lot of times, we want to run from our insecurities, or we try to act like they aren't there. We don't want to deal with them. We try to cover them up. But we have to deal with our insecurities. So if you hadn't listened to that, I encourage you to go back to our Facebook page, watch that message, get that down. If you have, go listen to it again, because I'm telling you, insecurities is a big deal. And we all have to make sure that, uh, man, we're dealing with the insecurities. So last week, we talked about, hey, I'm, I exist to expose. This week, and we talked about insecurities, this week is actually going to help you overcome and to walk in freedom over your insecurities. But the thing is, you have to get to the place where you say, I'm, I recognize my insecurities, I deal with them in order to gain freedom over them. Not to say that you won't feel them, because you'll still feel them, but you'll have victory over them. And today is going to help you walk in freedom and victory over your insecurities. So today we're going to talk about, I exist to be like them. I exist to be like them. And all the notes are on our app. You can follow along there. If you download the New Life Church of Mobile app, you can follow along. But we're going to open up in prayer, and then we'll jump right in. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for your word once again, Lord God, that it brings life. And y'all just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, speak clearly to my heart today. Remove every distraction and every hindrance of the enemy and let my heart and my mind and my thoughts be fixed on you to hear you clearly today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I exist or we exist to be like them. We exist to be like them. And when I think about uh, we talked about insecurity last year. The opposite of insecurity is to be secure, right? And, and I relate sports to a lot of things, and I'm so grateful for baseball. I'm telling y'all, baseball is the greatest sport ever created. I know people love football. I know love, people love basketball. I know people love golf, hockey, all those things. Baseball is the greatest sport ever created. I just want to let you know right now. So if you're a young person under the sound of my voice, don't play football. Don't play basketball. I know that's what they want to tell you. Be LeBron, Michael. No, no, no. Go be King Griffey Jr. Go be Roger Clemens. Well, maybe don't do the steroids, but be like, but be like them. But go play baseball because baseball is a very mental sport. 
And it will teach you a lot about yourself when you struggle. And see, unlike football and basketball, you could just be physically dominant. Shaq was great. Not only was he very skillful, but Shaq was very big. So if even if Shaq wasn't good skill-wise, he could just physically dominate people because he was so big. Baseball doesn't work like that. You could be a bodybuilder and be the worst baseball player ever. So physical strength doesn't necessarily mean anything in baseball. It's skill, but it's also very mental. And the reason that it's mental is because you fail more than you succeed. You literally fail more than you succeed. So what you have to build is a self-confidence early on if you want to be great in the sport. And so I realized early on, if I want to be great in baseball, I have to build a self-confidence. I have to be confident in who I am. And because if you don't, it's going to mess with your mind. You'll get all in your head, and it'll just be bad. And I remember I was 19, and um, we were playing in this tournament, and we had a doubleheader. And all a doubleheader is, you play two games back to back. So you play one game, then you have like a 30-minute break, then you play the next. So the first game, I had three at-bats, and I had three strikeouts. And so, okay, and it's pretty hard to strike out three times in a row. <laughs> Excuse me. It's pretty hard to strike out three times in a row. So after the first game, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I got to re- Excuse me. Excuse me one moment. Guys, can we just take a moment and let's just pray for Pastor Mario really quick. Father God, we're just going to lift up our pastor to you. If you guys wouldn't mind standing on your feet, we're just going to intervene in this moment. Holy Spirit, I'm just asking whatever prayer you have on the inside that you would just begin to just pray. Father God, we are praying. We are coming together, Lord God, and we're going to begin to just lift him up to you. Lord God, I am praying for inner strength, Lord God. And whatever the enemy is trying to come at him, Lord God, I'm praying now, Lord God, that you are building him. You're bringing security, Lord God. Father God, I thank you that even now as the word is being formed and trying to be prepared and informing itself, Lord God, that you're already going out and you're completing great things. Father, I pray that you would just stir up in our hearts, Lord God, just a passion inside of him. Why don't you just begin to just pray? Stir up on the inside of you, the things that you need to stir up. Lord God, we're just stirring up your fire, your power, just revival right now, Lord God. And we're just praying and we're asking that you would touch heaven, that you would do something amazing, Lord God, right here in our midst. Lord God, I pray now, Lord God, that the windows of heaven will begin to just open in this room. I thank you, Lord God, that you're stirring us up. You're stirring us up, Father God. Why don't you guys continue to just pray? Father God, just stir us up. Stir us up in this moment. We're asking for your strength. We're asking for your healing power, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your strength.
Just worship him. Give us a little bit more volume on there. Thank you for your presence. Lord, I just rebut behind every attack of the enemy that would try to come against me, Lord God, or anyone in this church, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that your ministering angels are with us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're bringing healing to our bodies, that if anyone in this room is battling sickness, I thank you right now that healing is coming to them right now, that Zoe life is flowing through their bodies right now, and no works, no plots, no plans of the enemy shall prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. I'm sorry, but no, I'm all right. I'm okay now. I'm telling you, the devil, he, he tries to stop you, but his plans will not work. His plans will not work. Amen. Amen. Yes. So I forgot what I was talking about. What was I talking about? Oh, the, the, the striking out. That's... I was talking about the the, uh, the striking out this round two, <laughs> take two, but uh, yeah. So I struck out three times in the first game, and then and after the the second game, I was like, okay, I got to get myself together. I got to come back stronger. The second game, and so the first at bat of the second game, I struck out. So now that's four in a row, and then the fifth at bat. I struck out again. That's five in a row. And the whole time, I'm thinking in my mind, man, I practiced hard. I worked hard. You got to be confident in who you are. You, you know you're good. You know you can do it. And I'm telling myself all these things. And then from a sixth at bat, and this was like towards the end of the game, and I'm like, okay. I was like, I don't care what is happening. I'm swinging as hard as I can, and I'm not striking out this time. So I get up there again. And the first pitch, I don't remember what happened, but it was a strike. I was down 0-1. And then I was like, doubt started to creep in my mind. I was like, maybe I might strike out again. But then I was like, no, no, I got this. I got this. And then the pitcher threw the pitch, and I remember I hit the ball so hard. One of the hardest balls that I've ever hit. And I'm just standing there to look at it, and I'm like, that's a home run. 
And then I look at it, and as I keep looking, I'm like, wait, it's going foul. I'm like, no. And then the ball went foul. So now I have two strikes. And then everything in my mind was like, this is it. I'm about to strike out. And sure enough, on the next pitch, I struck out. So I had two games, and in both games, I struck out all time, like all, every time. So six strikeouts in a row. It is very, you almost probably couldn't even try to strike out six times in a row. And I struck out six times in a row. And I remember after that sixth, I walked back to the dugout very calm on the outside. But on the inside, I was boiling. I was, I was boiling. And then when I got in the dugout, I still had the bat in my hand. And I remember I saw some water coolers in the distance. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of looking at these water coolers. And I took my bat and I beat I, everything out of the water coolers. I'm talking about everything. It was like three water coolers and I destroyed them. Then I saw some garbage cans and I said, I think the garbage cans need a little bit of this bat as well. And I destroyed the garbage cans in the dugout as well. And everybody's looking at me like, this dude is crazy. Like, what, what's wrong with him? And the whole point that I'm trying to make is like, you can have extreme self-confidence in yourself, which I did. But if self-confidence only comes from you and is self-motivated and self-driven, eventually it could quickly turn into pride. And when it's only coming from yourself, there will be a point when you do fail. And if your confidence is only coming from you, you will explode. You will reach a breaking point where if your confidence only comes from you, it just doesn't matter what the situation is, you will explode if your confidence comes from you. So you can't put your security even in your own confidence. And so that, it, as much as you have to be self, and we say, why are so, so many athletes prideful? It's because they have confidence in themselves. And it's my abilities that got me here. It's my talents, it's my hard work that got me. And they could be the most arrogant, prideful people because everything comes from within. But then I uh, encountered Jesus. And I remember my approach to baseball was a little bit different now because I realized no longer do I have to put the confidence in myself, I know that my confidence comes from God. And even if I don't succeed, guess what? I know that I'm still loved by God. And so I actually became an even better player and became even more confident because now my confidence didn't come from myself or self-motivated or driven, it came from the Father. And today what I wanna talk about is a security, a confidence that if you do these things, it doesn't matter what insecurity, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to throw your way, you will overcome because you know where your confidence and your security lies. Amen? So what does it mean to be secure? The definition for secure means this, to be fixed or fastened so as not to give away, become loose, or be lost. And I love that, to give away, to become loose, or be lost. And as believers, these are three things that we can't do. We can't give away. Give away what? We can't give away our confident hope in Christ. The enemy wants you to give away your confident hope in Christ. That's the opposite of being secure. What else does he want us to do? He wants us to become loose. To become loose in what? Loose in your faith. He wants you to become loose in your faith to the point where you just, well, you know, it really doesn't take all that to be saved. I, I, don't, I don't really have to pray to God to everything. I could just figure some things out. He wants you to be loose in your faith, and eventually where your faith becomes so loose that it, it falls away. 
to this last thing where it's lost. We become lost. Lost to what? Lost to the world. He all ultimately wants you to be lost to the world and lose your confident hope to be loose in your faith and be lost to the world. Because once you're lost in the world, you're fair game for him. And he can have your way from you. And guess what? Now you're no longer secure. All your security is gone, and the enemy is after your security. When I don't, get, when I don't give away these three things, but when I do uh, stay firm in my faith, when I don't get lost in the world, what it brings is it brings security. And all security is, security is a confidence in knowing. There is what secure, all security means is there's a confidence in knowing. When I think about my relationship with my wife tomorrow, I don't, I don't worry about her leaving the house going to see someone else. There's a confidence that I know that I'm secure in knowing that she loves me and she knows that I love her and I don't have to check her phone. I don't have to read her text messages. I don't have to see who she's uh, communicating with on social media because there's a security because I know and I'm confident that she loves me, she's committed to me, and she knows I'm committed to her. So there's a confidence and a security there in knowing. But when, there's no, when you don't know, there is no security. When it comes to your relationship with God, the enemy wants you to question, does God really love you? And if you don't know that answer, then there's an insecurity. There's no security. So again, today I want you to know when we talk about these things that we're about to get into, you're going to be secure in your relationship with God. But security starts with your spiritual development. Security starts with your spiritual development. The more you draw closer to God in your relationship with him and understand who he is and how he moves, it brings great security. The more I understand who God is, how he speaks, how he moves, it brings great security to me because I know God is up to something. I may not understand it 100%, but I know how he moves. And because I know how he moves, I know he's doing something. And guess what? It brings great security. And all of us, how many of y'all need security? All of us need security in our lives. And we always have to remember that we are spiritual beings. And how do we know that we're spiritual beings or what makes us spiritual beings? Because God created us to be that. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Some translation says like ourselves. But to be like us us, to be like us. So what today we talked about, we exist to be like them. So who's the them? What's the them that they're talking about? Well, that's what we're about to explore today. And there's three parts of security that we all need. And I'm telling you, if we take hold to these three parts of security, it doesn't matter what insecurities you face. It doesn't matter what you go through in life. If you hold fast to these three parts of security, you will overcome. And you'll gain freedom. Amen. The first part that we need to gain from insecurity is number one is like God. To be like them, the first thing is like God. We are created to be like God. He said it. Then God said, make those human beings in our image to be like us. So first thing is like God. 
So what does that mean? You mean God created me to be like him? Yes. God, God rules and reigns over everything. And he created us to rule just like him over everything. You have to get a revelation from God that he created you in his image to be like him. This is the confidence that you need to be able to accomplish what he's created you to do because he's created you in his image to do just that. God created you to rule and reign over everything. That's what he, that's what he, that's what he does. He created you in his image to do exactly the same thing. Another way to say that is God has given you authority. He has given you authority. Authority over what? Authority over the hand of the enemy. God has given us to, uh, the authority to rule and reign over the hand of the enemy. And, you know, sometimes we pray to God, God, can you please remove this from my life? God, can you please do this in my life? And God has said, no, I've given you the authority to speak to those things and command them to be removed. I've given you the authority to call those things out and expose the lies of the enemy. I need you to call those because I've given you what? The authority to do so. But a lot of times we just sit back and we say, oh, God, I'm just waiting on you to move. I'm just waiting. And God said, no, no, no. I've given you the authority like me to call those things out and to cast them into the sea. I've given you the authority to speak to the enemy and say, enemy, I see your plans. They no longer work, and I command you to leave out of my life. He has given us authority over the enemy. Say, God has given me authority over the enemy. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, it says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And there are some things about enemies that I want to just talk about for a second. The first thing that you need to know about enemies is this, is that people are not your enemy. People are not your enemy. Look at your neighbor and say, people are not your enemy. But guess what the devil will try to make you think? That people are your enemy. That's the number one thing the enemy would do. He would try to make you think that people are your enemy. But guess what? People are not your enemy. But we do have enemies. And there's three enemies that all of us have. And this is the authority that God has given us over our enemies, right? We talked about God, is, that he's given us authority over the enemy. So what is the enemy? Or who are the enemies? These are the three enemies that all of us have. The first enemy is the world and its system. That's the first enemy. The world and the world's system. The world is always um, in opposition against the kingdom of God. The world is always going against what God has already established. So anything God has already established on earth, the world and the world's system will combat that and say, no, I see what th this is what God says, but this is what we say because we want it this way. So the first enemy is, the, is for us as believers. This is, these are enemies for believers. If you consider yourself a believer, these are your enemies. The first one is the world and the world system. We can't get caught up in the world system. We always have to combat and stand active and stand firm on the word of God whenever the world tries to come at us and say, hey, this is what we believe. We're going to push our beliefs on you. No, this is what the word of God says, and I stand on the word of God. I will not conform to your world system. 
That's the number one enemy, is the world and the world system. What's the second enemy? The second enemy is the flesh. You, <laughs> your flesh, out my flesh. That is the second enemy. What is this? It, just to give a few things, this is wrong desires, wrong thoughts, insecurities, addictions, habits, wrong mindsets, fear, doubts. And these are just to name a few. But your flesh is an enemy. Because we were born into this world as what? As sinners. Amen. And we all have a sinful nature that is constantly at war against God. Our sinful nature, our flesh, is constantly at war against what God wants to do and what God wants to establish on the earth. So until we get our glorified bodies in heaven, guess what? Your flesh is an enemy because your flesh is the one that leads you into all destruction. Think about all the mistakes that you've made in your life. Who was the one that made you ultimately do those things? Your flesh. <laughs> you did. Nobody else but you. Nobody made you do those things. Nobody made me go in the dugout and swing that bat and bust up all those coolers and that garbage can. God didn't tell me to do that. I want you to display my holiness by swinging these bats and destroying these water coolers. That was my flesh. That was my pride. That was my anger that said, I can't take it anymore. I got to lash out and I'm going to tear up some property that wasn't mine. But what is that? That's the flesh. That's an enemy. And our flesh will tell you to do all types of crazy stuff. Your flesh will have you thinking all types of crazy things. Now, why in the world would I think it's a good idea to go in the dugout and smash some water cooler? I'm just using this as an example. There's other things I've done, too, that was stupid. But in this example, what in the world would make me say, you know what? I think this is a good idea. I think... I think this is a great display of leadership by going in this dugout and tearing up the water coolers that no one can ever drink from now because all the Gatorade is gone. And now someone is going to have to pick up all the trash because I decided to destroy all the trash cans. Yes, that's a great idea. No, that's the flesh. The flesh doesn't care about what it does. It just cares in the moment that it wants to be satisfied. And so we have to make sure that we're not desiring or, or satisfying the, the desires of our flesh. Because your flesh will lead you in some places that you don't want to be. So the flesh is an enemy. And what's our third enemy? The obvious one, the devil. And what does he try to do? His ultimate goal is this, and it's very simple, and he's very crafty, and he doesn't play fair. His ultimate objective is to bring division between you and God and God and God's people. What's the devil? Everything that he does is to bring division between you and God and you and God's people. That's all he does. Because the one thing that he knows that he's experienced that we hadn't experienced yet is heaven. He knows how glorious of a place heaven is. He knows how glorious of a place heaven is to worship and see God in all of his glory. He was there. And he knows that for all of eternity, he can never partake in that again. So what is he going to do? He's going to do everything in his power to keep you divided from God and God's people. Everything. He's going to. And so you say, well, why do what, what, what happens when you get sick, when sickness comes in your body? The devil wants you to say, well, why God allow this to happen? And if you battling it a long time, why are you not healed yet? And if you feel like there's lack in your finances, well, why did God supposed to be a provider? Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Why he ain't provide you? And, uh, and he, what, what is this? What is this? He brings those thoughts. He's trying to bring division between you and God. 
Because he knows eventually, if he can bring division between you and God, guess what's going to happen? It's going to bring division between you and God's people. Because if you're not spending time in God's presence, you definitely don't want to spend time with God's people. And on the flip side of that, he'll come and destroy your relationships because he knows if he can destroy your relationships, then eventually you're going to stop pursuing who? God. That's his enemy. That's the enemy. That's what he's playing. He does all those crafty things, but ultimately it's simple what he's trying to do. Destroy you and your relationship with God and God's people. And his plans are the same. They don't change, but it's just different. It's crafty in how he does it in all of our lives. And he's deceitful. And he's, he's cut, and, and he'll try to slither up next to you, and it sounds like the truth. Ooh, and you think, th- ooh, when I'm thought that, that's right. They don't believe it. I, God didn't come through for me. I've been praying and fasting, and God didn't come through yet. And then I go to the church house, and then they praying and believing too, and ain't nothing happened. See, that's why I don't even trust God no more. And then next thing you know, you're far away from God. All because that old enemy, that old slew foot, then creeped in and you bought on and fell for his lies. Because he's trying to destroy you, your relationship with God, and God's people. That's what he does. And then all of a sudden, you, and today it was so amazing, we read in Acts chapter 2. And it started from the beginning. We read it, uh, with Jesus, uh, he told his uh, disciples, he said, stay here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And so the Holy Spirit, they stayed in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit fell. And then from the very beginning when the Holy Spirit fell, people, ah, they just drunk. (laughs) Ah, they crazy. From the very beginning, his plans don't change. What do they, when you speak in tongues now, what do they say? Are you crazy? They, it don't take all the speaking in tongues because that's just, I don't, I don't agree with all that. You, that's just too much. That's extreme. What is it? His plans are from the beginning. And then when Peter gave the message, he says that 3,000 were added to them. 3,000, not only, think about this, they were saved and added to fellowship. And then they said they shared meals together, they did life together, they did everything together. So that lets us know the enemy is after your relationship with God once you get saved and your relationship with who? God's people. His plans don't change, y'all. He's the enemy. It's not people. He'll use people, but people are not your enemy. The devil is the enemy. He's trying to be after you and your relationship with God. And he does that through relationships because he can't have one. That's what he wants, but he can't ever get it. And he wants to keep you and destroy all your relationships. Think about this. We're in Alabama in the United States. We could go over to China in Asia. We could go over to uh, Kenya and Africa, we could go all these different places. I guarantee you that everywhere we go, they're going to have relationship problems. Why is that? Because there's an enemy. And wherever there's an enemy, he's going to always... Why is the divorce rate high in America and everywhere else in the world? Because he wants to bring division in marriage. He wants to bring division in relationships. Why do there so many, so many, uh, and especially in America, fatherless homes? Why? He's trying to bring divisions in relationships. He, he wants to bring division. In re- he's after you. He's the enemy. We got to be careful of that. But guess what? There's good news. God has given us authority over the enemy. We are created to be like him. To be like who? To be like God. 
The same authority that God has over everything, you have that same authority over the power of the enemy. So when you see the enemy coming into your life, you have the authority to speak him, to speak to him and command him to flee that situation, whatever it is. That brings great security to me. That brings great confidence and hope to me to say, you know what? I can speak to those things because I see them now and I'm going to call them out. I don't have to wait to pray to God. I can say, nope, I'm praying right now and I'm calling it out because God has given me the authority. You want to have gain gain great confidence security security in your life? Know that God has given you authority over the enemy. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's the first thing, to be like God. The second thing is to be like Jesus. Jesus was created to overcome, and we're created to overcome as well. Jesus knew that that no matter what he faced uh, in life, the difficulties of life, that he would overcome. So whatever difficulties you face right now, Jesus, he felt those, and he feels what you're walking through right now. He He felt what you felt, and he feels what you feel right now. So when the enemy tries to lie to you and says, oh, nobody cares. No, Jesus knows exactly what you feel because he felt those very same things. But guess what? Just like he has the power and the authority to overcome, so do you. You have that same power and authority to overcome. And when I think about that, again, guess what it brings to me? Great confidence and great security because I know I don't have to do it in my own strength. All I know is I have to be like Jesus. And I'm going to what? I'm going to overcome. That's what he, he says. We created them to be like them, to be like us, like God, like Jesus. And when I say I'm walking in the authority that God has given me to overcome the enemy and all the opposition, guess what? Difficulties just becomes little stepping stones. Instead of difficulties stripping me up, they said, nope, overcome. Oh, I see that. That's just another obstacle for me to overcome. Oh, you try to bring this in my way. Guess what? Overcome. And it's like, what? It brings great confidence and great security to know that difficulties, yes, they will come. Trials and tribulations, sorrows, they will come. But guess what? I will overcome them all. Not because I said I will, because I know the one that created me in his image. And because he created me in his image, it gives me all the confidence, all the security, all the strength and determination that I know that I will overcome. It may be difficult. It may be hard right now. But guess what? I will overcome. And that should bring you great confidence and great security to know that God has created you in his image to be like Jesus to overcome. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to be a little bit more excited than that. Let's see, last week we was talking about insecurities. I can see why I was quiet. Today we talk about overcoming and victory, and y'all in here quiet. He's giving you the authority to be victorious. Amen. John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you may have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart because I have overcome. That's all I need to know. All I have to do is trust in him difficulties, insecurities, all those things will flee. Insecurities will deceive you into believing that you're alone and that you don't have what it takes to overcome difficulties. That's what insecurities do. They try to make you get to the place where why even bother? Why even try? Why even try to face this is too much for me to deal with? It's, I, they, they got that meme, this, this too much. This, this is this too much for me to overcome. This is too much for me to deal with. No, 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 it's not overcome. 
Because the one that has overcome the world, the one that has overcome death, hell, and the grave, the one that was resurrected in three days, that same resurrection power is right here on the inside of you to give you the same victory to overcome. So whatever you're facing right now, and I don't know what it is, but God does, and you do. And that's all that matters. Just know this. You can overcome. You can overcome. I don't need to know what it is. You just need to know that you can overcome. You just have to what? Believe. Believe. Believe in the one that created you to overcome. Amen? Amen. That's our confident hope. Again, it's not in ourselves because if it's up to me, I'm going to mess up every time. So I'm not looking to myself. I'm looking to Jesus, the one that gives me the confidence and the hope to overcome. Amen? Amen? And the third one, to be like the Holy Spirit. To be like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads and we are created to be led by the Holy Spirit. Again, we're just referencing Acts chapter 2. Jesus knew that the disciples, not Acts chapter 2, I'm sorry, this was in John, Luke, Luke. Was it, wait, we just finished reading it. John, I'm getting mixed up. We just finished reading John. So in John, when Jesus, uh, right before Jesus ascended to heaven, he sat at the table with his disciples and he told them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. The gift, the, the, the gift, the comfort that will lead you into all truth. He told them that. And the reason that he told them that was this. He was like, the journey, and he didn't say all this, but I know why he said it. He knew the journey that they were about to embark on. And he knew that they would not have the wisdom or the discernment to make all the correct decisions along the way. That at the certain times, they would not have the right words to say. At the certain times, they would not know the right places to go or the right people to meet. But Jesus said, because of that, I need you to stay here until you receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. So what's the encouragement for us in that? Is this, don't try to embark on this journey of life without the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you're trying to embark this life without the leading of the Holy Spirit, I can, I can guarantee you a few things are going to happen. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be insecure. You're going to be fearful. You're going to be confused. You're going to be full of doubt. You're going to have no hope, and you're going to have no peace. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, guess what? There's an instant confidence that comes about. I don't know what my future is. I don't know what lies ahead. But I know that if I trust in the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead and guide me, I know it's going to be in a place right where God wants me to be. So why fear about tomorrow? Why fear about today? Or, or I'm not fearful of anything because I know as long as I trust the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead me exactly to where I need to be. I don't need to learn. I need, don't need to know how to figure it out on the way. And that's the thing. If you try to figure it out on the way, you're going to mess it up. Because along the way, you're going to feel like you have a better destination. You see, I know a little shortcut to get to where I'm trying to go. Better listen to Google Map. You see, I, see, I, I, I know these ways. I could just go this way. No, no, no. Dead end. Didn't know that road was closed. They, that's new construction. Didn't know that was going on. But when you allow the leading of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry. But what do we do? We worry. Why do we worry? Because we want to be in control. We want to control every step of the way. I, God, I know you on this journey with me, but I just want to take control. I mean, you can take control. <laughs> but it's like, no, that's really what we want to pray. It's like, God, I want my life to be in your hands as long as it goes the way that I want it to go. 
But when you live in, a, live in a life of faith as a believer and trusting in God, the Holy Spirit will lead you to places that sometimes you feel like, how in the world did I get here? This can't be God. And God said, yes, it is. I led you here. To this very moment, I led you right here. This is where I need you to be because I'm telling you the things that I'm walking through in my personal life, I'm like, God, why am I here? The Holy Spirit, because I led you here. <laughs> because I would never leave myself here. Matter of fact, I would leave myself to the beach somewhere. Like, let me, let me, give me the easy, you know, the easy button, the, the commercials that, give me the easy, give me the easy way. But no, he's, no, 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 my grace is sufficient. Just trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I'm telling you, if you don't have confidence about your future, it's that you don't have a true understanding or a revelation of just how great and how much you need the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that you're going to understand everything, because you won't. So why even try? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Why even try to? You're not going to understand everything. Just trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. Trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's a lot better than doing it your way. Because his way leads into all truth. And if he leads you into all truth, the Holy Spirit does, then guess what? You're exactly where you need to be. But if you're the, the, the captain of your own ship, I'm the, what's the, I'm the captain of my fate. What's it go? That's something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's a stupid saying. Because that will lead you all over the place and right where you don't need to be. You need to allow the Holy, you need to say, here you go. These are the keys to the car. Uh, here's the map. Here's my insurance card. I give it all to you. You drive. I'm going to just sit in the passenger seat. I'm going to put it in recline, blast the AC, and you drive. That's, that is the best route to take. Holy Spirit, I trust your leading. And I'm telling you, it brings a great confidence on the inside of me to know I don't have to figure it out. Because me trying to figure it out, I don't even, I'm stressed out trying to think about it. So I don't. <laughs> and I say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I trust you. And I'm just going to let go. But the more you try to figure out, the more you try to lead the way, the more you try to, it's, it's trouble dead end. Uh, cliff ahead, trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, that should bring great security and great confidence to you to know that I don't have to figure it out. For once, that's one thing you don't have to figure out. You might have to figure out what you're going to eat tonight. But guess what? That's one less thing you have to worry about trying to figure out is your future or which way to go when you trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. That should be a practice that every day you wake up, Holy Spirit, lead me today. In these conversations, Holy Spirit, lead me today. In John 16, verse 33, I just want to read this to you just so you know it's in the Bible. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit will tell you about the future. So what is our job? Our job is to guard the truth that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Because when you follow the Holy Spirit, guess what? He begins to speak truth to you. And when he speaks that truth to you, guess what? It's your job to guard it. Because the enemy is going to try to come in and pick at it and try to deceive you with the truth that has already been spoken. What, what happened with Adam and Eve? Did, did, did God really say? Yes, he said it. That's what I'm guarding the truth that, yes, he said, do not eat of this tree, so I'm not going to eat of it. 
But did he really say that? When the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you, guard it. Because the enemy is going to come after that truth, and he's going to try to pick, 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 pick at it till you, till you start to doubt. And if he can get that doubt in that mind of yours, oh, he's like, that's all I need. All I need is the, uh, the hole the size of the little pin of doubt. That's all I need to work with. And he'll get to pick, pick, picking away, and now the Holy Spirit is no longer leading. Guard the truth of what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you. And you know the difference between the Holy Spirit and your own ideas. When the Holy Spirit brings the truth, in certain cases, it's something you don't want to hear. And he's saying, that attitude, that needs to change. That mindset, that needs to change. That pride, that anger, you got, you got to deal with it. But no, 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 that's just who I am. No, that's what you need to surrender. But guard the truth of the Holy Spirit. Guard the truth because the enemy is after that truth. So it's our job to protect it and to guard it. 2 Timothy 1 verse 4, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Isn't it a privilege that God entrusts us to reveal things, to reveal truth about the future and present things by the Holy Spirit? Think about if the things that he's revealed to you that have opened up doors that you couldn't open up yourself. That have brought freedom in areas that you could. I've, you ever just look back in amazement at God is what, what God has done in your life? What, what, what is that? What is because he the holy you entrusted the Holy Spirit to lead you in a truth. And because you allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you in a truth, he unlocked something that you could never unlock for yourself. So that's why it's important. Hold on, guard, care. It said then hold carefully guard the truth. So when you hear the truth of the word and you know it's the God, guard it. Because like this word we're talking about today, as soon as you walk out this room, the enemy's going to come against everything you just heard, and he's going to try to attack it and say, that's not for you. Such and such should have heard that word today. No, no, no. You needed to hear the word today. That's for you. But that enemy, he will try to lie to you. I'm telling you. And you say, oh, I'm going to send it to them. They should. No, no, no. This is for you. So the leading of the Holy Spirit, what is this? We exist to be like them. Why, are we, why do we exist? We exist to expose. We talked about that last week. Today, we exist to be like them, to be like God, to be like Jesus, and to be like the Holy Spirit. God has given us the authority in his image to take control over the enemy. Jesus has given us the authority and the power to overcome. Whatever difficult situation you're in, I want to encourage you. You will overcome. Don't give up. Don't lose faith. Keep moving forward. You will overcome. Just trust what? The third thing, the leading of the Holy Spirit. You do these three things, you're going to be very secure. You're going to be very confident because you know that the power and the control no longer lies with you, but it's in you trusting God. And when you trust God, that is the most sure-proof plan in the world. It's better than a 10% interest rate at the bank on your, on your savings account. It's greater than that, and we'll never see those again. 
But that is the greatest thing. It's the greatest it's guarantee. Guarantee. It's the greatest guarantee you will ever have is trust in God. That's what we exist to be like them, y'all. We exist to be like them. So if you feel discouraged, don't feel discouraged anymore. You heard what you needed to hear today to overcome. If you're depressed, don't be depressed anymore. You have the authority over the enemy to say, discouragement, get out of here. I choose joy. Depression, get out of here. Heaviness, get out of here. Fear, doubt, get out of here. You have the authority over the enemy in your life. When you hear those lies, lies, get out of here. I'm, I'm keep talking because I want you to get this. I'm finished, but I want you to get this. We exist to be like them. Say, I exist to be like them. Be like God. Be like Jesus. Allow the following of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the word today. I thank you, Lord God, that no plan of the enemy shall prevail. I thank you that you're with us and that you're leading us into all truth. And I pray for those that are in a tough spot, that are facing difficulties, Lord God, that you're with them and that they know that you're with them. And I bind every lie of the enemy that will try to come against what you have predestined and preplanned for us, Lord God, that we would allow the spirit of truth to lead us, to lead us into truth. And I bind every bit of of, of discouragement and fear and doubt right now, Lord God, about our futures, that we would not worry, Lord God, that we would know that our future is great because we trust you and that, you, that your plans for us are great. Lord, we trust you. We trust you today. We, we trust you today with all of our hearts just to lift your hands and just tell the Lord, Lord, I trust you. Just tell him out of your own mouth, just, Lord, I, thank, I love you. I'm thankful for you. Lord, I thank you that we would treasure the truth that the Holy Spirit reveals to us. Let us carefully guard the truth and not allow, allow the enemy to penetrate our hearts with lies and deceit. And Lord, I thank you for today that we're strengthened, that we're encouraged, Lord God, that we're walking in security and confidence because we trust in you and we know that we're created to be like you, to be like Jesus and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I want to give one more invitation. You can bow your head and close your eyes one more time. And you watching online, if you're in this room and you know that you're away from God, I want to give you an invitation, an opportunity to be made right with God. I believe that God is stirring on your heart. You know if you, your condition of your heart with God, your relationship with God. And the greatest decision that you can make is to surrender, surrender your life fully and completely to God. So I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If you're in the room, you're watching online, and you want to come into right relationship with God, I just want to pray with you. And if you're in the room with no one looking around, just lift your hand, and I want to join you in prayer and pray that prayer that God would enter your heart. Amen. Amen. If you're online, I want you to join in with us as well. I want everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today, this Sunday morning, I surrender my life to you. I thank you that all my sin, all my guilt and shame is washed away. I thank you that I'm cleansed and redeemed by your blood. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me into all truth. I love you. I honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We talked about this earlier. If you prayed that prayer and you received Jesus in your heart, it says don't rejoice because your enemies, uh, you have victory over your enemies. It says rejoice because your name is written in heaven. For all of eternity, your name is written in heaven. If you made that decision online, guess what? For all of eternity, as long as you continue to pursue God, guess what? Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And when you stand before God, he'll say, enter into your place of rest. That's all I want to hear. And that's all I want you to hear as well. <laughs> Amen. So that's the greatest decision that you ever made. And if you made that decision, and if you're in the room and the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. But on the back, it says, I made a decision. You can fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket uh, during offering time. We love to connect and pray with you. But come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ, the greatest decision that you will ever make. And uh, if you're joining with us online, we want to dismiss for you in just a moment. But before we do, we have a couple of announcements. This Wednesday at 6.30 is our first Sunday, not first Sunday, first Wednesday of the, uh, of the month, which is Life Group. So we have Life Group happening this Sunday. Why do I keep saying Sunday? This Wednesday at 6.30, uh, Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. This Wednesday at 6.30, right here at the church, we have men's groups, ladies' groups, young adult groups, kids' groups, groups for everybody. We're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Also, we have Kids Cap coming up June uh, 12th through the 16th. You can sign up today in the back of the room, or if you could go online to our Facebook page, our website, page, or website which is newlifemobile.org. You can register there as well. Kids Camp is going to be awesome. You don't want to miss that. That's for kids uh, ages 5 through 13. And also, uh, you can give. If you're prepared to give, we want to give you an opportunity to give. There's a couple ways that you could do that. You could go to our website, again, which is newlifemobile.org. Or you could go to our Facebook page. The link is there. Or you could download our app, and you could give that way. But we're going to pray, and then you guys are dismissed uh, online. Lord, I thank you. Uh, for those that are given today. I thank you for the tithe, Lord. This is the first of the month, and I just speak a blessing over each and every giver, Lord God. Lord, the generosity of your people, Lord God, I thank you that your people are the most generous people that they are. And I pray, Lord God, that because of our generosity to fund the kingdom of God, that you will pour out a blessing on each and every person in each and every household. I pray that there will be no lack. I pray, Lord God, that every measure, every portion, every dimension of our lives are blessed. I pray that the month of June will be the greatest month financially that we've ever had. And I thank you for it. And I speak this blessing over each and every person today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We want to invite you again this Wednesday, 630 for Life Group. But if not, we will join you. Come join us in the building next Sunday, 10 a.m. as we continue our series, I Exist Too. We love you. Have a great Sunday. Y'all have a great day. Amen. And we're going to give you guys opportunity to give as well. But I want you to stand to your feet, and I want to pray a, a special uh, prayer blessing over you guys, and then you guys, uh, you can, if you, uh, you'll be dismissed. You could go in the back and sign up for Kids Camp as well, but then you guys are dismissed. Lord, I thank you for each and every person today, Lord God. I pray that you will bless and protect.